Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, This is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Been a little bit between shows, but I can rest assure you there's tons more content to go. And of course, one and only uh, Sarah Marsh. She is on live with me on YouTube. Check me out on RudeDogShow.com where this will be placed as well as everywhere you find media. Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you? How are things out in uh, Arizona? Well, we were just talking a little. It's it's kind of nice today. It's not too hot, um, especially for July. But, you know, things are back. Like we talked a little bit about the NBA finals are back in Phoenix tonight. So maybe things You're will right. get a little bit hotter tonight. We'll have to see. Uh, well, it depends on who's going to be hot with a hot yeah. hand, with a hot ball. And, of course, that's uh, the logo of the Suns uniforms. Unless you've been under a rock, you wouldn't <laughs> know that. But the Suns have now found themselves in a 2-2. We're going to discuss that near the end, but I wanted to give a very good segue, by the way, because Milwaukee found a way to come back with the hands of Giannis. You're able to get in the paint and penetrate, and that's what you want from your big men to capitalize on your size or athleticism. Make, make no mistakes or limit your mistakes to very few. Again, we'll talk about that toward the end of the show. But again, in Phoenix tonight, Suns, Fear the Deer, 2-2. I'm, I said before... This even started once once the Suns took out the Lakers. They said the Suns are going to make a run. Sure enough, they are. And now they find themselves in Booker territory along with the elder statesman in Chris Paul. Very interesting combination, I must say. But I will, for the record, not a fan of Booker for a couple of reasons. I understand he's grown up before our eyes, but I'm still picking the Suns despite Booker <laughs> in in six. So and we'll talk about that as, as we go on here. But I wanted to kick this show off uh, with some kind of disheartening news. Sarah, I know you were looking at the type of, I mean, the timeline for this is just kind of obscene. The video certainly uh, screams there's a problem in the neighborhood and obviously in the neighborhood of Richard Sherman's in-laws where Richard Sherman had a violent episode. He was intoxicated. It was, it was very creepy to watch that video. I to be honest with you, I thought Ray Rice's video was a little um, precarious when he was in the elevator with the camera and he was abusing his his wife. This clearly with a ring doorbell video certainly explains a lot about Richard Sherman's current mental and emotional uh, situation and the roller coaster. I'm sure he's getting under. And look, for, for the record, when we look at professional athletes, their mindsets or attitudes are no different than ours. They get paid more money and their pants are more expensive, but we all put them on the, the same way. Mm -hmm. And he's no exception to that rule. What did you think when you seen that video and what was running through your head in regards to what type of uh, solution he may be facing and or police action against him? I was, I think I kind of was with everyone else where when the story broke, you kind of just saw what he was charged with and it just seemed very odd. Um, we know that he is um, very outspoken on the field and, um, you know, a big voice, especially since he's been in the NFL, but particularly when he was on the Seahawks. Um, so I was a little surprised. And then once more details came out, it just seemed very out of character for him because we've never really heard this type of behavior happen with him. Um, I, yeah, it was a little alarming. And I, 
I felt kind of bad because I understand that, you know, he is a, a public figure. I just felt like it was a lot of stuff being put out into the public that I didn't necessarily think we needed to see. Like, um, that might be, um, a minority opinion, but, um, I just felt like the 911 call and all the video, it was just like a lot for us to see, but yeah, it seems like there's something going on with him, um, emotionally, mentally. I mean, he released a statement once, um, he was able to on his Instagram and took full accountability for, for his actions. And, um, it seems like something's going on. I, I, I read too, that, um, several former players of his have been in contact with him over the last several weeks or months, um, because they had expressed concern with things that he had been saying or what he had been doing. So, um, it's hard to say what's going on, but I hope he gets the help that he needs, no matter what that is. Um, you know, if he needs therapy, if he needs, um, any, any type of help, I hope he gets it. it it's sad to see someone in that state. Um, and, then to have it blasted all over social media, all over the news. I mean, that's, that's a lot for the entire family to take in. Right. Well, you have to think about this, recognizing that there's a problem means that there is a problem. And if you're the one causing the issues and the right. problems, the recognition is one part of that. The other part of that is trying to find a solution. Uh, no matter what that actually looks like, as long as there is a solution in regards to what Richard may be going through emotionally, don't forget, he's still a free agent. His future is right. very uncertain right now in regards to what teams would actually take a chance on it. And you look at other situations in the same capacity with Deshaun Watson. His case is still not closed, won't be final. Uh, there have been rumors going back and forth that Houston may not start him at all whatsoever. Uh, mm -hmm. And if so, who will they start? They're going to rely on a backup to perform that. Richard Sherman being a free agent does not have that luxury of still being paid, still being on, on the sideline. Yes, he did win a Super Bowl. No doubt about how his athleticism assists him in getting there, but I've seen him in a recent decline slightly, maybe not as much as other people may know, but you know, his PBUs were down, um, interceptions were down, a lot of different you know things, and that could all also be attributed to what he's dealing with emotionally off mm -hmm. the field. Again, these are just maybe maybe semantics. I don't know. Could be related. Maybe they are, but at the same token, he's getting the help that he needs. And I'm going to quote this. So forgive this long, long reply, but I'm deeply remorseful for my actions on Tuesday night. I behaved in a manner I'm not proud of. I've been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months, but that is not an excuse for how I acted. That's full accountability straight mm -hmm. up right off the bat, full accountability. Richard Turner, my hat's off to you for recognizing that part of it. He goes on to say the importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real. And I vow to get the help I need. I appreciate all people who have reached out and supported me, as you were saying, Sarah, all the former players, I'm sure coaches, uh, assistant coaches and the like have been reaching out to him to show the support because of the aforementioned statement, recognizing that there is a problem. Um, and, and of course, he goes on to say, uh, in support of me and my family, including our community here in Seattle, clearly that's where he still resides. I'm grateful mm -hmm. I have such an amazing wife, family, and support system to lean on during this time, Richard Sherman. So he, he's recognizing it. He's also recognizing at the same exact time that he does need the help uh, that, that most people with the same exact challenges that they face uh, every single day in, in their life, regardless of what they do for a living, certainly run into issues like this. Um, he's, he, he's not the rule, he's the exception. And the reason why I say he's the exception is because he recognizes that there's a problem. Right. So again, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I think he'll finish strong.
And I think it's, um, it's unfortunate that this is how it's happening, but I, I I've noticed the last handful of years where they're trying to a lot of players especially in the NBA um, are trying to bring more awareness to mental health especially among athletes and men because a lot of I mean stereotypically men don't really like to share their feelings or show um, you know that they're vulnerable or that they need help or they don't they don't get the help that they need and um, you know with athletes they don't either with their mental health is not talked about um and professional sports really. So I like that it's been happening the last couple of years. And the fact that this is happening in the NFL, I think is a big deal that maybe it'll bring more awareness to how actually important it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with guys that are getting older, the ones that are leaving, like once you're gone, you're kind of just gone. You're, you're forgotten about and you're not really helped. So um, with Sherman getting older, his career is and getting towards the end. Um, I think that, it's it's sucks if I have to be blunt that this is how it's happening for him but I hope that it does bring more awareness to just people around the league to fans how important it really is because like you said yeah they might be rich and they have a fantastic job but they're human beings they have emotions they have things that they go through and even if we can't relate to them as a normal person with a normal job they deal with the same things we do so I I hope he he gets the help he needs and and like you said he's on the right track the fact that he was able to take full accountability, um, not make up any excuses or try to brush over it. He, he released a statement very quickly and it was really well written. So I think that's, that's a great step. Sure. Absolutely. He, and now, now let's, let's take everybody back to that exact scene. When I was watching him belligerently hitting that door, there was a meme that was going out there that Seattle Seahawks were looking for the door that blocked out Richard Sherman. Um, I didn't find that very funny. I didn't find that very yeah. humorous at all. I'm, I may be the odd few in regards to why I didn't think that was funny at all, because it clearly just makes fun and pokes fun at someone who is trying to recognize that there's a solution to this. He's not quite sure what that is. Alcohol does not allow you to think clearly. It, it inebriates your ability to think logically. Uh, I think that was in very poor taste. Um, however, he was arraigned on five criminal charges for those that don't know, including reckless endangerment of road workers and malicious mischief. Now, I don't know what that all entails or what fines or penalties or maybe a combination of those two, but I think more likely because of an incident that's clearly isolated. I have never heard of Richard Sherman being in the news for anything mm-hmm. other than this current situation. So he could get a slap on the wrist, pay some fines, some community service and call it a day. Uh, but with all that being said, without making it sound too compact, he now has the ability to recover from that emotionally and get the help that he needs, which is the most important factor above all else. So with that being said, uh, to give kind of people the, 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 the context of what this looks like, it was him crushing a car into a construction zone on Wednesday night uh, east of Seattle. Um, he was trying to break into his in-laws house as a, as a doorbell video sh- certainly indicates why it was put out there is kind of unbeknownst to me, but to make him out to be some type of monster, I really don't know. Um, or to give somebody, this is probably more like a, a training. This is what not to do. This is, a, this is a training tool. This is what you should not do. And of course, is Richard Sherman, without a doubt. Um, so perhaps that, that will be utilized as this is how you don't want to end up mm-hmm. being on blasted on social media. And you have to be responsible with that as well. And all just comes with being a professional athlete. I think he has like 2.5 million followers or some 
nonsensical yeah. number like that anyway. So, so with that being said, and then we could talk this into existence, but the bottom line is, is that um, Richard Sherman is getting the help that he needed. Lewis Riddick of ESPN went on record stating that he was glad that he was able to recognize there was a problem to find that solution all inclusive. Uh, lots of people have came out in support of him, um, his, his own wife as mm -hmm. well, um, saying that, that, that she loves her husband and that she's behind him. And I think right now that's really what he needs is, is love and understanding uh, to work out whatever issues that are currently ailing him emotionally as well as um, emotionally. So with that being said, to wrap this up, 33 for Richard Sherman. Um, he had seven seasons with the Seahawks, extremely exceptional cornerback. You could put him basically anywhere on the field. He's going to make a play regardless of that. Um, and of course, it was the, uh, the 2014 Super Bowl win. Uh, it was a game-saving play, deflected the pass uh, against the uh, 49ers, which was one of those PBUs we were talking about, pass mm -hmm. breakup, that most people probably don't know. Uh, he played three seasons with San Francisco and currently a free agent. So interesting how it started, uh, not so interesting as to how it finished. But I think you're right about that, Sarah, in regards to what the NFLPA is doing, promoting mental health. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be in contact with Richard uh, Sherman himself to say, what can we do? How can we help if they haven't already done so? So with that being said, we're going to move on here. Saints, oye, 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 mata suspended six games for PD violations, six games. That tells me there could be some repeat offensive PD mm -hmm. usage within. I'm not quite sure. Uh, we always remember Bounty Gate as a part of the Saints organization. That will always remain that way. But I think more importantly, he was, he was a fifth in sacks, five plus at 15 plus quarterback hits at the same time. So those guys' hands were, were in the trenches. He will not be available for six games. Um, and unfortunately, um, of course, with Ian Rappaport being given the, the, the guys maybe sleeps with his phone. I'm not quite I sure. I know, but right? <laughs> he gets this stuff so fast. I don't know that I could get it that fast. And I'm sleeping while he's probably awake. Uh, but he had tested positive for a banned substance, which could be basically anything. And that's as general as you're going to get. Um, but he was such an athletic guy. Uh, he was certainly surprised, quote unquote. He was disappointed with the news. He's taking responsibility what he put in his body. Again, another player taking responsibility. Is that mm -hmm. a lighthearted statement by Onyemata? I don't know. I tend that to be a little subjective only because we hear this constantly with players who get busted with PED usage, mm -hmm. uh, stating their case. I'm surprised and oh, disappointed. Well, I don't know that to be completely solid. Again, that's very subjective. Um, I usually err on the side of a glass half full versus a glass half empty. What are your thoughts on this suspension? And is this going to hurt the Saints up front in that pass rush that they've been really good at for the last few years? Yeah, I think it's going to affect them a lot, especially they're in, they're a team right now, kind of like the Patriots <clears throat> that are in a very transitional period. I mean, they they lost Drew Brees last year. Um, so, you know, there's question marks kind of at quarterback there. So there's just going to be a lot of different things going on. So then to be losing one of their top guys because of PED usage that could have probably very easily been avoided. Um, it, it seems like, yeah, it's going to take a, a big hit on them. And, and to go back to the PED thing too, um, I've noticed that it's been happening a lot more over the past few years where they, 
never really tell you, which I mean, it's none of our business really, but um, what exactly it is that they took. But it seems like it's more that they're working with someone who gives them a supplement, or at least that's what we're told. And so it just makes you like, you want to say to these guys, like, be careful of who you are trusting, be careful of who you are working with, because not that they're doing it necessarily maliciously, but I mean, it could be like one little teeny tiny ingredient in a supplement that is flagged by the NFL. And maybe it's true. They don't know. But, um, you know, something happened. It was Julian Edelman just a couple years ago. It was the same thing. He said that he had been taking a supplement and it was just an ingredient in there. And it's just like for how often it's happening. I'm like, guys, like you got to figure this out because it, it sucks for them to to be suspended. But it, it really hurts the team. And so I think with the Saints, yeah, this is this is going to be a, a big deal for them. The, the, the problem that I have with all of this is that it's so the, the generalities in regards to what these guys don't read, don't pay attention to, they, they, they can't claim idiocy in any of this to know, well, I didn't know it was in there. <gasps> oh my gosh, let's yeah. pull a hand on the face thing like I'm in some type of Home Alone movie. It doesn't work that way. You have to know out of all players what you are taking, what you are doing. You keep counting of your calories. You need to be in tune with your body, be in tune with the money that you're spending and use your eyes to look at anything that's relatively suspicious. Oh, yeah. wait, what do you know? This is a banned substance in the NFL. Hmm, should I take it? Probably not. I guess I won't. I, this isn't, this, there's no gray area here. This guy does not get a free pass. That's why it's becoming, that's why this suspension doesn't surprise me whatsoever to see it at six games because yeah. clearly players that get drafted from the NFL, right, in, into the NFL from college, clearly have a degree in something that means they're educated enough and have self-educated themselves to a point where they can recognize, Oh wait, I shouldn't take this. Guess what? Maybe I shouldn't. Mm. Duh. Yeah. Six games. He's like, he didn't get eight to be quite honest with you, because you can only claim ignorance for so long until all of a sudden it becomes obvious to everybody that there's something different about this guy, something different about his play. But again, this is a random drug testing that the NFL does on a regular basis. You don't know when your name's going to be called. You don't know in what capacity. It could be after a game. It could be at any point whatsoever. Don't take it and put it in your body. It's mm -hmm. spelled out in black and white. Don't claim ignorance because this stuff is not going to fly and they're going to get you. The next time, if let's just, I'm not precluding this and throwing him under the bus saying he's going to have a next time. Yeah. Don't allow for him to get the second chance, the second opportunity. Perhaps six games without being paid. Maybe the wake up call, maybe it won't. Jury's still out on this. I don't, I don't like it one bit and it's bad for the saints. It's bad for the pass rush. It's bad for consistency on that line. To be quite honest with you, the guy's been really, really deep again. As I was saying, Chris Jones is the only guy that's just above him for six and a half sacks. Uh, Chris Jones, seven and a half with 20 quarterback hits and on Yamada 16. So um, gosh, that name is so hard to pronounce. I'm telling you. <laughs> I know when um, I first saw it, I was like, I've heard this once I said it right. I was like, no, I've heard this name. Yes. And so I'm like, yeah, then all oh, that sounds right. I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of, maybe they should give some type of phonetic spelling on it. I don't know. But um, anyway, he's 28 years old. Um, he's, you know, started 30 games the past two years. So again, he's a valid commodity on that Saints defensive line. Won't have him for six games at least. Uh, 16 sacks, 167 tackles. Um, he's got great hand skill, hand-eye coordination. He's he's a trenches player. I mean, the game's won in the trenches. You know that. I've seen this many, many times, but I've also seen this in this six-game suspension. 
many, many times and almost too many to be quite mm -hmm. honest with you. So I, I say they should have gave him eight, but six perhaps would be the, the magical number to get him to realize that maybe he should pull the, Oh, really? That was in that drink conversation. Um, someone passed it to him at some type of outing at a dinner or something. Now you're going to see Sheldon Rankins, uh, who's now in New York, not be a part of that Saints defensive line. Uh, and they're going to go with stalwart. Um, I, I just, yeah. Okay. Anyway, bad, <laughs> Saints, bad for the Saints. <laughs> yeah. The Saints are going to be a big question mark this season. I think, you know, they were a favorite for the NFC South last year to compete with the Bucks. Um, and we saw how, I mean, it didn't go badly for them. Ter not terribly, but um, Breeze obviously was much more injured than we all knew. And he shouldn't have come back in my opinion. Um, but now that he's gone and then you have like this guy being out for six games, like, I don't, it, it kind of looks like the, the bucks might just dominate the NFC South again this season. It's very so possible because they don't have Drew Breeze. Yeah. And, and the bucks have basically the exact same team that they had in the super bowl. They signed every single one of them. So like, <laughs> I mean, they're a favorite, I think even more now, especially over the saints. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the bucks had time to really get things together. They didn't look so hot with unnecessary throws mm -hmm. with penetration up the middle. Once you get to Tom Brady, it's all about penetration. The guy is not going to be athletic enough to get out of the pocket and make something happen down the field. He's got to have a clean pocket. And that's something that they thrived in. Um, in, in New England with him as their starting QB. So they had to work that out. They really did. Mm -hmm. And I thought they, they, they did in the half, other half part, right? And we see, yeah. we, we see the NBA doing their all-star game. I think there should be an all-star before the Pro Bowl ever gets thought of and maybe put that right in the middle of the season. Just a thought. Other things the NFL have been taken from the NBA as well. That's worked out for the NFL. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> real shocker there. Speaking of hard lessons to learn, extra scrutiny for hard knocks for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, leaving Frisco to head to Oxnard, California's training camps around the country, uh, including my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers, who's seen their own travesty go down with Ben Roethlisberger throwing unnecessary, untimely interceptions. Of course, no interception is untimely, uh, but Ben was just doing so well and decided to flail like a fish out of water, but I'm sure hopefully cross fingers and toes and every other thing humanly known to mankind will get them back in contention in the, uh, the, the AFC North. Uh, but we look at the Cowboys and it was kind of odd to me when I heard them being on hard knocks, I thought to myself, well, how much money do they have to pay HBO? Uh, mm -hmm. Because they were so horrible uh, last year, almost, oh, almost painful to watch Dak mm -hmm. Prescott, you know, went down and with the, and, and I watched the ankle. I was just, Oh my God. Yeah. It was just absolutely obliterated my mindset. After that, you start Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton. Okay. Yeah. Well, and now he's the starter for the bears. At least that's what they're saying. I'm like, what did you see last season in the Cowboys? That makes you think he would be better than a rookie Justin Fields. Like, but you know, well, we, we don't know what Matt Nagy's thinking right yeah. about now, but I think more, more importantly, you're going to see, you're going to see Justin Fields in there a lot sooner than oh, yeah. anything else. Of course, they want to say Andy Dalton's quarterback, number one, they are fickle fiends in Chicago when it comes to who their starting quarterback's going to be. They, they've been doing that since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. uh, when I interviewed coach Mike Ditka, the 85 bears, he, he stuck with his gut. He went through, he had that bear, the stingy bears defense. Uh, with refrigerator Perry taking the end zone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, it was just something that you had a quarterback. I can't, I can't say Jim McMahon was the best quarterback for that role, but he was good enough 
at the time, good mm-hmm. enough behind that offensive line. And he made something out of basically nothing. Uh, whereas Andy Dalton had a, a lot of time, but that offensive line was getting hurt. They were shifting players, but hard knocks now shifting gears from where they were last year to where they're at right now. They were six and 10 last year. Um, they were giving up tons of points, uh, 40, 473 uh, previous high from 37 in 2010. So there's some there's some changing of the guards going on right now. Dan Quinn's now in charge of that defense. Um, I don't know why they changed over to Dan Quinn. I've never <laughs> really been a huge fan of Dan Quinn's defensive uh, play calling, things of that nature. But at the same token, you know, things change. Attitudes, personalities, the kind of shift that happens within NFL organizations, especially after a very disappointing year last year. Steelers did the very same thing. Um, New England learned their their issues with with Keneal, um, you know, yeah. draft. I mean, what can what can Bill Belichick learn from that? A lot. Every every coach will hire a bust at some point. Bill Cowher had a bunch of them. I'll be honest with you, and, and he finally won his in Super Bowl Forty to call it a day. But uh, the Cowboys on hard knocks, which is very surprising to me. But I think more importantly, look at Mike McCarthy in his second second season as a Cowboys head coach. He's got a lot of guys in the bubble. There's been uh, fantastic draft picks. Most, I'd say 90% uh, watching the NFL draft. I was actually going to attend that, but beyond those circumstances that were out of my control, I could not attend. Uh, however, um, they picked up some really fantastic guys in free agency, Carlos Watkins, uh, Brett Urban, um, Osa Odighizua, and there's another name that just twists my tongue, <laughs> and then Quinton Bohanna. Uh, so those guys are on the bubble, but 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 they're veterans. So th- they've been schooled enough. Um, do you think at some point that the Dallas Cowboys will, will find their way out of this six and ten darkness and maybe back into glory days of what they did look like prior to the nineteen ninety five season? I. <sighs> I think so. Um, I, I think that Mike McCarthy can be a good coach. I think he gets a bad rap for, you know, how it went ended basically in green Bay. Um, and I think last year they were dealt a terrible card. I mean, Dak got hurt after five games, Zeke wasn't playing the same and then all of the injuries and then your only backup basically is Andy Dalton. I mean, it would, it would be very difficult for really any team under those circumstances to be successful. Um, but the NFC East is basically wide open. Like if we want to look back, um, the Washington football team won the division at seven and nine. So they weren't that far behind them and they haven't upgraded completely either. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick right now as their quarterback. So, um, who hasn't, who hasn't had Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Thankfully the Patriots, even though a lot of (laughs) Patriots fans wanted him this off season, I was one of those that was like, no, thank you. I don't want to be added to the list of like 30 teams he's been on, but it's um, tragic, yeah. Yeah, and and the Cowboys split their the games with the in the division with the Giants and the Eagles. Um, the Giants are kind of the same that they were last year. The Eagles are, you know, we're not sure about Jalen Hurts. Who knows what we're gonna get? So um, I think that the division's a lot easier for them to win this season um, if they can maintain a healthy Dak, a motivated Dak. Um, if we can get Zeke back to what he's been known for the last few years, I think they could be really successful. And this is the year that I think it could happen. I, I, I don't see the NFC East really being that super competitive um, 
you know, I think it's going to be similar to last year, but I guess maybe the Cowboys, I think they have the upper hand here. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I have to go back and I hate to go backwards, but the mm-hmm. NFC least uh, was yes. by far the, the least favorite division within the NFL. Uh, I, I hate to say that, but it, but it's true. When you look at the type of misery the Giants are playing in, they have a, a third year uh, quarterback now that has yet to take that next step, that next transitional step in order to be that high powered, high IQ uh, type of quarterback. I don't know that. I don't know that, that he will. Well, mm-hmm. there, the only one that can make that determination is going to be him. It's going mm-hmm. to be offensive playing schemes and play designs surrounding his capabilities of being able to get rid of the ball in a timely manner, whether it's play action or whatever the case might be. So that remains to be seen. And then you have the Philadelphia Eagles who are in a complete, you know, I'll be honest with you. When I look at what they've been doing, what the transition has been like post Carson Wentz, and he headed over to Baltimore, excuse me, Baltimore, I'm thinking Baltimore Colts, but he went to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Now the starting quarterback for them as well. Um, I think that that may be the better waters that Carson Wentz would actually need. Um, and of course, with the Dak injury, that right there was just heartbreaking to watch him go down in that manner. That was absolutely horrible. His ankle turned almost, mm-hmm. almost 360. I mean, it was absolutely horrible. Moreover, when I look at the road of recovery, the fact that he got paid, the fact that, that uh, Zeke is just, he was a shell of himself last year wasn't able to shake it off, still thought he was like the number one back in the league, playing like he was the number one back in the league. And he clearly wasn't. I mean, there was no no way, not even statistically, uh, personally, um, he fumbled the ball. A lot. That, that's one of the, yeah, a lot. One of the first things that you don't do is not hold on to the ball. That thing mm-hmm. needs to be tucked, you know, in your arm, between your forearm, inner crease in your hand. Mm-hmm. If you get that thing knocked loose, that means you need to put two hands on it and call it a day and just take her down. And that's it. Um, he coughed it up like I was sick with, with the flu. Um, it was just absolutely horrible. And of course, Leighton Vander Esch, I had a chance to interview uh, Leighton when he was drafted by the Cowboys as well. Uh, a lot of promising things, but one thing, and I, and I, I don't want to harp on this at all, but I know what kind of player that they were after he was injured and he had neck issues headed out of college and he took those issues with him into the NFL. That was one of my first fears that something's going to happen to him. He's going to end up being some type of reservist. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Is he at full strength? We won't know that. We won't have any idea what that looks like until maybe, and I say maybe in some blink of an eye at the hall of fame game between the Steelers and Dallas Cowboys. So outside of that, really serious injury too, like neck things. It's like, that's very unpredictable and very serious. So, I mean, they took a risk taking him. Has he been good for them when he's good? Yes. But um, yeah, very unpredictable. And you don't, you don't know how long someone can play with that type of injury. It doesn't take much to, to knock you out. So no, not at all. So being on hard knocks, this team has a lot of expectations, not only from the six and 10 season, but it's about how they recover. We, we talked about earlier. It's how you start. It's how you finish. Will the Cowboys finish off at six and 10? I don't think so. I think they're going to finish off somewhere above 500, not even at five and five, maybe, I don't know, maybe seven and five, give or take. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's so hard between injuries, between the veterans. Do they fit? Do they not fit? Are they on the bubble? Are they not? You know, there's a lot of questions. And I think a lot more questions will be answered on hard knocks. If, you know, someone gets speaking of knocks or someone's going to get knocked around uh, if things don't go right for, for the Cowboys. And it could be 
if for some reason, God forbidding, this horrible season that they had last year does not follow them. If it does, uh, Mike McCarthy's in uh, some serious, serious problems. But we know Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones has more patience than I think uh, mm-hmm. a cow does when it comes. And to he's not so loyal. Yeah, he's loyal to a fault sometimes. He so. is. He showed that with, with Tony Romo. He showed that with uh, with Jason Garrett. He mm-hmm. showed that, you know, but where he should have shown that were the Hall of Fame guys like Emmett Smith, like Troy mm-hmm. Aikman. He should have shown them. Yes. What it was like to be doted after. I mean, they were the ones that led him to their fifth Super Bowl, and they seem to be stuck on that number since 95. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're going to find out what this Cowboys team is really made of in Oxnard. Um, you never know. Um, I could find myself there just to kind of scope what's going on, but it's really hot in Oxnard. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's here, just like it is here and for you where you're at as well. Oh, yeah. We're going to find out what that what that looks like. And of course, uh, Sarah Mars joins me here. Uh, Sarah, non NFL related news. We talked about we alluded to it since the, the beginning of this show. And thank you for taking your time out, by the way. We look at a 2 2 series final. Not, not even really final per se, but but a two-two draw mm-hmm. right now as this, as this game shifts back into Phoenix, where the Suns are going to be taking on uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the way the way Giannis was playing, the type of urgency, um, uh, Connaughton was what was playing with everything. Just everything just seemed to work and be very fluid. Um, a lot of great shot shots made. They played defense very well. They blocked out the paint. They were great in perimeter blocking. Um, who wins tonight? Oh, it's hard. I, 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 and I don't care either way. Honestly, I don't, I'm, you know, I can be very biased. People call me a Homer and I very much can be a Homer, but um, you know, I, because I'm in Phoenix, I was like kind of leaning towards them just because I'm like, okay, well, it's Phoenix. Like it's fun. Like they've never won. So like, okay, go Suns. Um, I, I, I think that they might come back tonight, but it's going to depend a lot on Chris Paul. He didn't do a lot last game. Um, we saw Booker got over 40 points. I think he got 42 points. Um, some people believe he got seven or eight fouls. That's never good either. Um, so hopefully he can be careful with that. But we need a bounce back game from Chris Paul because Booker can't win it himself. Um, and if if Giannis and Middleton keep playing the way they did in game four, if that continues tonight, then I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for the Suns to win. Um, but the at atmosphere I think makes a huge difference uh you know they played so many games without fans and now that they're back the Suns fans are absolutely insane every single game that they've played there um they are so loud and I really do think that affects them um and it'll be back again tonight the fans will be counting as Giannis takes free throws because they count now every time he does that so um I like the Suns tonight um, I'm not sure about who's going to win though. I'm so bad at predicting games. I'm just, I'm terrible at it. Um, I, I think it's going to depend a lot on how the game goes tonight and, and how that's going to determine like how game six goes. Like if we're seeing the same bucks from last game, I see the bucks probably are a favorite. If we see a bounce back game from Chris Paul and he can maintain that, then I think the Suns are certainly favored. Yeah, I do as well. I, I, and as I said, at the beginning of the show, and I'm not trying to dog Booker <laughs> at all. I, I have nothing but, but, but love for where Chris Paul is right now in regards to his career, first playoff appearance, first all-star um, he wasn't even first ballot, but that's another story. Um, 
but I think they have enough talent around them. And I love the way Aiden plays. As long as you set him up properly, if he's in the paint, he's going to score. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. you have to give him the benefit of the doubt against Brooke Lopez, clearly the, the shorter yet stouter, very long armed uh, Brooke Lopez. But I think more, more importantly, it depends on where Booker is. And as you stated, it's how Chris Paul is playing right now because he sometimes gets on a roll, but he tries yep. to make shots and force things like he's trying to almost emulate Booker when Booker should be trying to emulate Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. He had turnovers a la carte. Uh, Booker had a, a decent game as one person can have without Chris Paul there. They do have some complimentary shooters. Um, but again, it's in Milwaukee. You got the fans, you got the noise. Uh, you have everybody playing so well. Middleton, just uh, Chris Middleton has been so consistent when it comes to game time type of play, meaning that within the last three minutes of the game, he will make something, whether it's a solid assist, he'll make an attempt at the free throw line. He finds a way to get the ball in. The problem is is that the Bucs as a whole collectively has not been very good on the road and they haven't been very good in Phoenix as we've seen the the, the Suns lead the series initially at Mm -hmm. 2-0 just to take that back to Milwaukee to be tied up now at 2-2. Right. I I, I don't know this is going to be like a blowout kind of game tonight between the Suns and Bucs, but I do like the Suns in this one. And as you stated, and I completely agree with you, as long as Chris Paul shows up, plays his game and allows the other, you know, when it, you know the difference when you're on the floor, if you're going to be that willing passer or the willing shooter. And I think Chris Paul needs to learn what that actually looks like in his first finals appearance ever. Right. Um, do I want the Suns to win? I'd rather see the Lakers win. I'm a Lakers <laughs> fan, but, mm. but, but I, I do like the Suns. I picked the Suns tonight to win, but it's not going to be a blowout game. You're probably yeah. looking at maybe a four to, well, six to nine point differential, nothing major. This isn't really a blowout, right? If we're talking a blowout, 19 points, you know, yeah. or give me, give me 23, whatever the case might be, it's not going to be a blowout game. And um, yeah, so the Suns will take it. Yeah, I see that happening. And and it, they've been very back and forth, as we saw. They had great games in, in Phoenix. And then the second they get in Milwaukee, it's like, what happened? Especially game three, it was like, what is happening? Like, where are the Suns? Like, what we just saw amazing games in Phoenix, and where are you? So I wouldn't be surprised if this does go to a game seven. I know a lot of people um, believe the Suns especially will win in six. I wouldn't be surprised based off of what we've seen so far if it does go to a game seven. And the Bucks are certainly not going to want that because based off of how they've been playing in Phoenix, they're not going to want game seven to be in Phoenix. So um, that'll be interesting. And, and, and what I think is funny too, is um, when we finally found out who was going to the finals, so many people were pessimistic about how this finals was, would be. They didn't think that these two small market teams were going to be able to actually be entertaining. And I think we've gotten a lot more than we bargained for. Um, I was excited just because I've watched the playoffs but um, I, yeah, I think they've done really well at being entertaining and sucking people into actually watching like people who don't even care about either team are glued to their television. And I see every night during these games, tweet after tweet, after tweet, talking about how great the, the playoffs have been this year. So that's been really exciting. Yeah, very, very much. So two teams, Milwaukee has been there since 71 and Phoenix has never been there. They've been close with Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, but never, never in, in a final series. And of course, a lot of first for everybody Booker. Um, yeah. I, I got to give a shout out to, to Cameron Johnson because Cameron Johnson at a UNC uh, is, is a guy who is, who's, who's growing up 
right before our eyes. I only wish that um, that Devin Booker was able to pick up a quarter of what Cam Johnson's um, how can I explain this? his swag, mm-hmm. I, I guess, or his 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 playmanship, mm-hmm. I suppose, would be a better way to state that because Booker needs to become more mature. And I think that Cam Johnson has the edge on him. He's made some plays that were very vital. Um, he slipped once last game, um, but you know, very small markets. You're absolutely right. Both of these teams have been in small markets. They're going to stay in their small markets. But I'll tell you this much. Their small market is equivalented to now one huge market. And, mm. you know, you, could, you can pull for either one. I don't think anybody's going to blame you for pulling for either one of these teams, to be honest with you. There's a lot of firsts. First for, first for Giannis, first for Middleton, first for Budholzer. Um, you know, it's just there, there's a lot of firsts. So this is probably the most entertaining um, that I found outside of, you know, obviously the Lakers in the bubble against the heat uh, last, last season, uh, taking them to the hole and uh, you know, LeBron winning another chip along with AD winning another chip, you know, a lot of first for a lot of players because, you know, he rallied to get them on because of the leadership that LeBron right. James has shown uh, mm-hmm. not only to the organization, but to his fellow players as well. Sarah, tell everybody where they can find you, how they can invite you onto their podcast. You've been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for taking your time out. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited because like I, I told you, I haven't been doing this for a while. It's been a while. So um, right now I'm super active on Twitter, which is um, my screen name is SmarshXO. That's S-MarshXO. Um, I'm hoping to be making my own YouTube channel and to do streaming. And I, uh, for anyone who might be a fan, I'm a Patriots fan and I cover the Patriots for full press coverage. So that's a lot of what I talk about. So if you don't mind listening or reading about the Patriots, then feel free to come follow me and, and chat. Well, it sounds good. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, go through or follow at S-M-A-R-S-H-X-O on Twitter. With that being said, this is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Sarah, thanks again. This will be posted on the RudeDogShow.com. It's on YouTube Live, and we're about to end it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a great evening.